What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 34 of the Audio Podcast. As always, you're with Jason and Alex on camera, the Auto Bros. How are you this week, my bro? Uh, it's been a bit rough in the car sales scene mm-hmm. this week. It's actually been very rough. Yeah. Um, not a lot of inquiry. It's weird. I've got some cars that are like the obvious choice, the, the bread and butter stuff, mm-hmm. getting zero inquiry. Okay. And then I've got odd, weird oddball stuff, which is getting lots of inquiry. Right. Now, if I had to guess, it's because the bread and butter stuff, they've probably either bought cars mm-hmm. or, um, you know, with the changes in JobKeeper. JobKeeper and, coming at the end of the month, yeah. End of I was going to say that might be an Yeah, issue. and then the people that are looking at the oddball cars, that don't, it financially doesn't affect them, so they, yeah. can, they can buy something. So they're buying cool. toys rather than yeah. Uh, transport. Yeah, mm. but I was hoping to have more blown up cars out there, you know, with all the floods. Yeah, that's that's um, surprising because normally, you know, when there's massive weather events, like you do get a bit of that stuff. But there's a bit of a lag. It might happen in a week or two, but I, yeah, I don't. True, when people start getting insurance money through. Yeah, I, I haven't seen. I haven't seen as much. You know, you'd always see photos of like the roofs of cars. Mm-hmm. I didn't see much from Queensland. I saw a lot in New South Wales, but yeah. not not that much in Queensland. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, for sure. Time. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously the, the majority of the flooding did happen down south, but oh. you never know. You might, um, you, you probably need to start looking for some, like, old, old school Commodore stock. But judging by that video from Curtis Falls on Tamry Mountain where we uh, grew up in that, I think you may have shared it on, yeah. on Facebook of that, you know. So, so if anyone who doesn't know, there's a, a street on a mountain called Tamry Mountain where the, um, like, essentially a waterfall, like a, a sort of little creek runs underneath it, and then it goes down into a waterfall on the other side of the road. And, and it's supposed to be there. The waterfall, it's supposed to be It's there. called Curtis Falls. That's right, that's right. Like, it goes into rainforest, right? So um, what can happen is when there's a lot of rain and then there's flooding, that creek actually fills up very quickly to get over capacity, and the water can actually run up over the road. And it's a pretty, it's a massive torrent of water because there's not really side rails or anything either, right? Because like you don't really need them there because general times the water's very, very low. Anyway, there's this clip that's been circulated around social media of the water is completely over the road, moving very, very quickly, and this Commodore driver just goes straight through it. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. There was that's one that, that was even worse, which is down the bottom of the mountain. Yeah. And... Uh, there was like a single cab ute that did it. Right. And the water was... I, it, would, it wasn't flowing faster, mm-hmm. but there was much more of it. Yeah. And you're in the lightest car possible. And, it, and, and as, it, as it got sort of halfway through, the back just gave way because there's no weight up. on it. Yeah, yeah. And it, it started going sideways and just lucky it was carrying some momentum to yeah, grab yeah. the outside. It yeah. is not worth it. No, guys, if it's flooded, forget it. Like yeah. they say that for a reason. Um... Yeah. And even it's just don't don't um, even think about this. Don't even think about whether you're going to make it or not. Just think about the inconvenience you're going to put on people when it goes wrong. If it goes yeah. wrong, it's like that risk reward. It's not even inconvenience. It can be danger too. Like if you're Absolutely. caught in floodwaters and like the SES is trying to rescue you, for example, you're putting those people um, at risk as well. Plus, the, those people are probably. Um, it's more important for them to be attending to places like, you know, flooded houses and um, roofs that have caved in and all that sort of stuff, which is not self-inflicted idiocy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, their time's better spent doing that stuff rather than pulling your idiot ass out of the creek because you you thought you were going to be slightly inconvenienced by not being able to go home straight away. I'm not sure if these two clips are 
are uh, related, but did you see the clip of the Ford Fiesta, silver Ford Fiesta, yeah. being washed off the road? Yeah. On the news last night, they were showing Boomerang Farm golf course in Madrabar. Right. Where a silver Ford Fiesta washed up on the course. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And I'm wondering if it was the same. Yeah, right. The same car. Um, I don't know if that person got out. Yeah, I, I don't... Oh, no, I, I had seen on whoever posted up said that the driver was safe. So I don't know if the driver got out of it before it washed away or afterwards, but... Yeah, but how, how do you do that? How is... How, like, I don't understand the mechanics of being able to jump out of a car and unless someone rescues you or someone else is driving... Yeah, someone else has driven through and picked you up. Well, car can't swim, mate. The car's not got to open its doors and paddle its way towards the side, whereas yeah, you but, can. But if, a, if the water can wash a 1,500-kilo car away, what's it going to do to a 50-kilo or Yeah, but a, a human person? being's going to float and then be able to paddle themselves away, like, over mm -hmm. the top of the water, if they're a strong swimmer. Yeah. Whereas a car, as soon as the wheels come off the ground, that's the only thing that's controlling where you're going. So as soon as that happens, you're, you're gone skiing. You're at the yeah. mercy of the water. So anyway, but apparently that that um that driver's okay. Still an idiot, but there but was okay. one that died, huh? There was a I, I yeah. heard there was a Gold Coast one mm. that died crossing. It's just yeah. not worth it. Risk reward. I always think risk reward. Like yeah. I was watching, I was watching a stupid Netflix document. Uh, sorry, I watched a really cool Netflix documentary, and then it was only half an hour before I was going to go to bed, so I just want to put something mind numbing on, and it was uh, the floor is lava. Which is a show, <laughs> right. like a game show in America where yeah, yeah. They, they set this room up and there's like lava coloured water mm -hmm. um, and, and you have to make your way through it. The, so it's like knockout. It's worse because, well, for me, I was getting a bit of anxiety because of the, there's lots of sharp edges. Like, <laughs> it was like corners, little corners like this. Mm. And these people are just like putting their face on the line, face first. Yeah. Face planting, bouncing off, and like, I'm thinking that risk reward, you know, like, is it, is that worth it? <laughs> just like, just like a river crossing. Yeah. Is that worth it? Can I go and stay at a friend's house? Or can well, I? Well, what, what's the prize if you win that show? I don't know, because I skipped through it, because I didn't want to hear the people's story, because I didn't care. Yeah, but a lot of those, a lot of those shows, like, you can win like 50 grand or something, right? What's the prize if you run through floodwaters? You get to go home yeah, an hour earlier. Yeah. You know, like risk reward, not really worth it. So the interesting documentary that I watched was... I oh, just but before you move on, just want to say if the driver of that Silver Fiesta is watching the show, Auto Bros currently has a mint condition. Oh, the best Ford Fiesta. Ford Fiesta yeah. in stock. So um, please hit us up and we can uh, we can put you into your new wheels. Yeah. Yep. You're not an idiot if you buy your next car from Auto Bros. Yeah. If you don't, though, you're in. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this one's dry too. It was. It was. Yeah. The, my my shed. This shed was actually built in 1976 mm. after the massive flood in Brisbane because right. the owner of this property had another property in West End yeah. that went completely under. So they yeah, said, okay. "Okay, we're not doing that again." So they literally found a topographical map of of Brisbane mm -hmm. and picked this spot yeah, right. uh, to build this to build this Very complex. Smart. Yeah. Um. Just just again before you move past the floods. Uh, you know, obviously, there's, there's a lot of talk at the moment. Job keeps going away at the end of the month. Tourism industry is crying out um, because, obviously, all the restrictions and stuff like that. I think what's going to affect the tourism industry more is all the pictures from the floods of, like, oh. you know, Australia's underwater, and then what happens? Just millions of spiders. 
millions of spiders just appear from nowhere trying to trying to find dry ground, which is usually inside your ear hole, is where they're trying to get dried up. Yeah, if the government was ever going to step in and censor, uh, like censor content, yeah, that's all. That's the content. They exactly need to right, because a, a lot of uh, overseas people already think that Australia is the land of nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's definitely not making it any better. That, that is real too. When I was in mm. Europe, and the as soon as people find out if you're Australian, they're like, oh, like, have you, how are you not dead? Yeah. They don't understand. I don't get it. Like, because, um, you know, you listen to like the Joe Rogan experience and there's a um, an Aussie hunter called Adam Greentree who goes on his show every now and then. And he always is trying to get Joe to come over here to go hunting with him. And Joe is like terrified of coming over here because of all the deadly animals. And it's like, dude, you're going hunting in, like, bear country. Like, when I think of terrifying animals, I'm not terrified of spiders. I'm terrified of grizzly bears. But think about this. And this, this is probably where they come from. When they're looking at this, like, what's a bear weigh? You know? It could be... A lot. 500 kilos, right? Probably at least as much as me, if not more. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's right there. But something they haven't even noticed is crawled at the back of the leg, stung them, and they die. That's what they see. Something yeah. owls aren't overtly, oh, besides crocodiles and sharks. The thing is, oftentimes, <laughs> yeah, oftentimes the bear's not just there though, because like, but it's not going to sneak up on you. They no, they do. They absolutely do. They what, stalk their prey as well. What do you think, sneakier, a a or more incognito, a five hundred kilo bear, or a uh, redback spider? Yeah, but I guess the difference is if if I don't see a redback spider and it bites me, I have a chance of going to a hospital and and being nursed back to health. If I don't see a grizzly bear and it bites me, I don't. You might have a chance. Surviving Revenant. That's a movie, Alex. Based on real real events. <laughs> was it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Really? Yeah. Loosely. Loosely I based know. on real events. Whatever word you put before or after <laughs> is up to you. It's completely up to you. Um, I actually haven't seen that. I need to put that on the watch list. It's a it's a grind. Yeah, okay. Because they make you feel the pain. That you right. Through. Maybe that's why I didn't watch it in the first place. Cause I thought it would just be it would feel like hard work. Yeah. So this other documentary I watched last night. I think it's called Long Shot, and I'm going to ruin it. But it's still, it's only short. So. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Spoiler alert. If you don't want spoilers, then don't listen. Well, even if you read the doco, uh, the the the, the line, the blurb. It tells you what's happening. So it's right. a, it's a uh, basically a guy in America walks outside one day and surrounded by thirty police. So this is a documentary. So this is real. Real. Right. Yeah. But this is going to sound fake. <laughs> yeah. So surrounded by thirty police, charged with murder. So there was a shooting. Um, some girl had been shot. When, what sort of time period was this set in? 2003. Okay, so fairly recent, yeah. Ooh, I might... You might be able to correct me. I'm not... There'll be a key piece of information that comes up right. that might get the time frame wrong. Okay. But it's, it's relatively recently. It's not back in the day. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, the only thing they had this guy pinned by was a sketch artist who, who drew someone. The guy's Mexican. They showed five of these guys' friends. They all looked the same. <laughs> They all look the same. Do they all look like the sketch? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, he was like, going away. You're, you're going to prison for the rest of your life. You, you're done for this murder. And when they showed the police interrogating him, mm. I believed the guy from the get-go. Because you know when someone goes like, 
um, and you murdered such and such. And people go, oh, like, did I murder them? Yeah. You know, they answer a question with a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did it. They're guilty. That's yeah, right. Yeah. This guy, no, no, I've yeah. never ever. Now, he'd done some crimes before, but like theft and stuff like that. But, yeah, there, but, there's a, you know, that's a big jump. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, no, def- definitely not. And they're saying to him, he, uh, no, he goes, he goes, the, the, the suspect said to the police, you guys are going to look back on this and realize how wrong you were. And I've never heard anyone say that. Wow, well, okay. Anyway, he was trying to remember back the day, and apparently he was at a Dodgers. Dodger yeah. Stadium, watching right. a Dodgers game. Did they show him on a big screen? Even better. Curb Your Enthusiasm was filmed there what? on the same day. Right. Larry David was five rows ahead of him, yeah. right? And so, so they, they couldn't shut Dodger Stadium down, and yeah. they said you're allowed to film there, but you can't hold up any of our paying guests around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got to film around it. Yeah, okay. this is a game on it. Yeah. They, they had... Uh, I'm actually intrigued by this now. Oh, it's <laughs> like, fascinating. It's fascinating. And you're ruining it for me. spoke to Larry David about it. Yeah. You should still watch it. Yeah, yeah. The story's pretty cool. But they contact... So he goes, oh, I was at the Dodgers game. Mm-hmm. They went through all the normal footage, like, but not the curb footage. They mm-hmm. just went through all the normal footage and they found him there, but it wasn't enough. It looked like sketch. There's no way to sort of... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it didn't count. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they, they realised that they go and ask the staff at Dodger Stadium, did anything significant had that happen that day? And they're flipping through the old files, and it was blank, 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 comes to the 12th of July or whatever it was. Mm. Oh, yeah, Kobe, a HBO film was filming here. So they contact HBO, and they're like, well, we don't release footage yeah. prior to it being released. You'll just have to wait. And the lawyer's like, dude, it's a like a... <laughs> I can imagine. It would have been Larry David himself who took the phone call. <laughs> He's yeah. like... No, we're not releasing it. <laughs> yeah. We're not releasing that footage. Yeah. Made about my money out of it first. He would have thought it was an opposing like show. Like, yeah, yeah. ideas. Anyway, they so they go through there was eight tapes made. Mm-hmm. The first five tapes, nothing. Then the next tape. So basically the scenario is uh, the story <laughs> the episode was about Larry David whose friend gave him tickets to go. But the traffic was too... There was too much traffic. So he ends up picking up a prostitute so he could use the transit lane <laughs> to get there. And then... Smart. That's resourceful. Yeah. And then he walks down basically to the front because his tickets were bad or something. So he walks down the front where his one of his mates are. There's two seats either side. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, can I sit with you? And he's like, no. Yeah, no. yeah. So the team was at the top and the bottom trying to sort of hold up people right. so they didn't interrupt the shot. Anyway, the suspect's daughter's like, oh, I want to go to the toilet. Mm. And he gets up and stands, like, face into the camera. Mm-hmm. And it walks up and it walks back down. The da- that, that footage was actually a bit obscured, but when he walks back to his seat, and I'm saying to Tasha, I'm like, oh, we're only seeing his back. It's not enough. Mm. He literally turns around. He gets, like, a full, full sort of face shot, mm-hmm. and he kind of looks over at Larry David and sort of sits down quickly. Mm. It's, like, as clear as day. Yeah. And then... And then there's another uh, shot from, like, the other side that zoomed in. Right. And you can see it as clear as day, and that's what exonerated him. Wow. And Larry, they had Larry David on there, like, talking about it. He goes, oh, yeah, tell the story all the time. Wow, yeah. that's, that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's really good. I think it's called Long Shot. 
Right. But this guy, um, it never got to like a jury. It was just a, a judge. A yeah, judge's yeah, court. yeah. And um, it wasn't the only thing that exonerated him, but it was a massive part. Oh, yeah. Because the only thing they were trying to tie it to was this picture. Yeah. So another interesting side note on that, um, I was watching something on Netflix. There's a show called Explained. And they're like 15-minute shows where they will just explain a subject. Mm. Um, and I watched one the other night about memory and why eyewitness testimony is so um, uh, so sketchy. Mm. Pardon the sketch pun. Um, because apparently your brain loses the cells at like 50% each year that govern your memory. So what happens a lot of the time is that we remember something and then we remember the basics. And so usually one of the strongest things that we remember is where we were when something happened. Mm. So they use the, um, the example of uh, the 9-11 attacks in America. And I can still remember where I, where mm -hmm. I was because we watched it basically live in the yeah. lounge room at home. Um, and so I can remember where I was. I can't remember what I was wearing or anything like that. And that's all, all those specifics of the things that... Um, are key to an investigation. Yeah. And um, what they were explaining was that... Um, so a lot of people who think they've got these really strong memories of exactly what happened, they had this lady as an example where she was saying that um, she remembers being at school when it happened and she was looking out of a school window over the water and she could see the smoke coming over the water from, yeah. obviously, the towers... And then they're like, that, that's actually impossible because the classroom that she would have been in doesn't overlook the water. So for a start, yeah. she hasn't seen the water. So what she's probably done is she remembers where she was, but then her brain has added together probably images she saw on TV yeah. where you've seen the smoke coming over and the, the brain's just joined those two things together. I'm very aware of this phenomenon because I, I listened to a podcast years and years ago. It was the first, it was called Serial. Right. And it was about a murder investigation mm -hmm. and the, the opening of it was talking about memory. It's like asking, you're asking the listener, you know, uh, what did you have for breakfast yesterday? And mm. you can answer it, you know. Okay, what about four weeks ago on yeah. Wednesday? And then they said, imagine trying to be, imagine trying to do that f four years, remember four years ago, yeah. when the events to you were insignificant. Yeah, that's right. So that's even worse. Like at least yeah, that yeah. was a defining a event. event for sure. Yeah, and you can see how that's been made up. But imagine using testimony like that and trying to, like, just trying to get a witness of trying to verify if someone was at a place or not. Mm. It's very, I can see it's very easy how your mind would say, well, I know that person. I've seen that person before. That's right. So sure. Yeah. I, I yeah. probably saw them on Tuesday four years ago. And then you think too, like, um, if, if I sat down with a sketch artist, like I'm not artistic at all. I, I, I think that I've got a fairly good memory when it comes to like faces and stuff like that. But I know right away that if I'm saying, yeah, do this, do that, do the other, and then a picture comes up, I'll get that sort of confirmation bias where my brain will look at that and go, yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, and then that yeah. image will start being what's imprinted in my head. Yeah. And then I'll honestly believe that that's, that's the guy. Yeah. Well, that's the perp. Um, whether it is or it isn't. Well, watch, watch any Darren Brown stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, we've been watching some of that stuff again lately too. Like, I'll oh, Amanda. It's just amazing. Like, the thoughts that he can plant in people's brains that they don't even realise. takes time, but it takes time. And if you, yep. if you can invest in that in that time, you've got the resource available, mm -hmm. you can get someone to think, you know, just about anything. You can get people to uh, 
to do very, very bad things. Absolutely. Check it out, Darren Brown. If you had, watch on YouTube, and yeah. I think he's got some stuff on Netflix. Yeah, he does have a few on Netflix because we just watched them recently. So yeah. Darren Brown, D-R-R-E-N Brown. Yeah. Um, really interesting stuff. Now, something that I just wanted to address as well. Um, I attracted some criticism after last week's episode for my lack of style mm. on social media. Mm. Um, just wanted to say... justified. Uh, potentially, yeah. yeah. I, I will acknowledge that obviously I'm not a style god, mm. uh, nor do I care to be, mm-hmm. but I can now empathise with all of the people on uh, various media channels who get criticised for the way they look every day. <laughs> but I just want to say, so I've doubled down. Because I'm wearing basically the same outfit as last week. But I've swapped out one singlet for a new one. And I'll tell you right now, there is nothing less stylish at the moment than being a Bronco supporter. Yeah, is, is that fabric made of whittled down wooden spoons? Um, well, hey, we've only ever got one. So you have to whittle down the one spoon. Okay, it was a big spoon. It, oh, it was a big spoon. Like the, yeah. I was even going to bring a wooden spoon today just to sort of finish off the outfit. Potentially future spoons too. Uh, oh, I don't... Look, potentially, like obviously any club could potentially uh, get the wooden spoon. There's a chance that we win it again this year. I don't see us getting anywhere above 12th. I think if we finish 12th-ish out of a 16-team comp, I reckon it's probably a good year for us. But uh, in Kevy Walters, we trust. But I also just wanted to point out the irony of being called out for style-based issues by someone who proudly sported a soul patch for about 15 years (laughs) in this millennium. So I'm just saying this. I'm not getting into a war. <laughs> I'm staying out of it. Uh, uh, I, I know this person uh, very well. Yeah. Uh, and he doesn't know when to stop. So... All I'm going to say is, um, I have a social media channel, and he doesn't, <laughs> so I'm going to pick a voice, and men in glass houses who proudly sport soul patches shouldn't throw stones, bro. Yeah, no. Shouldn't throw stones. I, uh, I do... I, I will say, though, that there is a... There is a, and, and I know you you put very little care factor in the way that you dress. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you always have to be that way. Oh no, of course. So yeah. when there's a time and a place, like if I'm going to work, I make sure that I'm very professional um, in the way that I dress when I work. Or this could be deemed as work. Yeah, we have an audience that we need to. Place. Yeah, I know that they haven't tuned out because of my dress. They may have. <laughs> Um, funnily enough, last week's episode was the most viewed as far as the recent episode. So, um, clearly it's doing well. So anyway, um, also receiving hate's a sign that you're making it as far as, as far as this sort of stuff goes. Put your comments in, put, put a note in the comments. Yeah. Do you think Jason should dress, uh, up or down for the pod? Um, my, my dress in no way, shape or form reflects my feelings towards you, our, uh, our viewers. But, it, but put something in there. Just just tell us what, what, what you think. Because I, I just want to be... I want to normalise wearing normal clothes for people. I want to normalise that. I don't want to be the next person who... No sleeves is not normal. It is in Australia in summer. It absolutely is. No. And it should be. Because no sleeves is normal for women. So why can't it be normal for oh, men? I want to go back to the times when we wore suits everywhere. And you wore a hat and you had a cane. Style. That's terrible. Well, Why would you do that in a thirty-two to or thirty to thirty-five degree heat in summer in Australia? They survived, Why would you? They put... survived to the age of forty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> that is a terrible idea. But think about this: mm-hmm. where does it end? If this, if this, if that type of attitude, and, and we know where we've come from, mm-hmm. 
do we just walk out wearing uh, uh, booby tassels and little knob tassels? No, because there's obviously laws against um, like indecent exposure and stuff like that. There was back then. It become lax. Women weren't allowed to wear two-piece bikinis on the beach in Australia. That yeah, was well, a law. Again, that should have been outlawed long ago, which I'm glad it did. Yeah, I know, but where does, it, where does it stop? Well, again, society will, will dictate that. But mm. I think that if a bloke wants to wear a singlet in public... Uh, in 30 degree heat in Australia, I think we should be allowed to do that. I think that if you purely focus on comfort, mm-hmm. then... You'll be a more comfortable person, <laughs> just like me. Well, no, that, that constant chase for comfort will... like when, So you want to reduce the amount of sleeves. What's next? Are you going to start wearing crop tops? Is that the next evolution of this? Are you going to have your mid-drift out in the open? In in this day and age of acceptance, I should be allowed to if I choose to do that. I'm saying you should be allowed to. It doesn't mean you should do it. (laughs) Maybe I might wait until uh, maybe two or three scans down the track before I start rocking the mid-drift. Go full Gwen Stefani look. Yeah, on the scans, I, I have reached a little milestone for myself, which I was, which I was quite happy mm-hmm. about, which is um, back to deadlifting, so uh, deadlifting 100 kilos. Mm-hmm. And it's a, the thing that we're doing next door is supposed to be 70% of, or 75% of what, what you What, your what one rep max? Would yeah, yep. yeah. So I I think I was very young when I, when I last did that. This might not sound like a lot to, to others, but I think I'd spoken before on the podcast about having that mental mm. block and not being able to lift 100 kilos off the, purely off the ground just because of my, my head. Yeah. Um, yesterday, five sets of five and braided. It was actually my, my group is the thing that's letting up. It's not mm. my not my, um, not my my body. Yeah. And I was at home and, and I picked Tasha up and not that she's, she's pretty light, mm. but I've probably not felt this strong for a very, very, very long time. It's a good feeling, isn't it? It's a really good feeling. Um, congratulations that Mm. that is really good and that's the thing too so like when we keep talking about health and fitness and all that sort of stuff um, the hardest part is starting but once you start doing it and you you start being consistent with it you do start hitting all these little milestones and they are just little milestones and you know down the track you'll you'll be like oh 100 kilos that was easy but it was important at the time because it but it gives you that positive feedback loop where you want to keep doing it yeah um you know, I, I feel very much the same way. Like, I think I remember saying on the pod, at the end of last year, I could barely do one pull-up. Mm. And now I can do sets of five. Yeah. And it's like, that's a big strength improvement for me, you know? Um, especially considering I haven't really lost a whole lot of weight since that yeah. time. So it's not like the bars, like, the weight's gotten easier. Um, but it just means I'm getting stronger. So you, you do get those sort of positive feedback loops. That was the other thing that was shocking that I totally forgot about because I obviously blocked it out of my mind, but mm. um, you've just reminded me. So my phone gives me memories of things I took photos of mm-hmm. years prior. Yeah. And a photo popped up two days ago, mm-hmm. two days ago, from 2017, so four years ago, mm-hmm. of me on the scales at 87 kilos. Mm. Now, what was shocking to me is that if you would have asked me what I thought I weighed in 2017, mm-hmm. I would have told you, 97 kilos. Right. So I was 10 kilos out. Mm-hmm. And unlike, it's not like I'm comparing myself up against 
19. My mm-hmm. working conditions were very similar. Mm-hmm. My, um, my, I think the only thing I was doing there from memory, I think the only thing I was doing was playing basketball. Mm-hmm. I think that was the only thing. Yeah. Wasn't doing anything special with my diet back then. So the fact that I've put on 15 kilos since that moment mm. was shocking to me. Yeah. Now, something I was talking to Matt, the, my trainer, the other day, and he was working out. It's like, you know, it's only 300 grams a month. And yeah. I never thought of it like that. Yeah, it's not a lot. It's not a lot. Mm. And I, being an older man now, not an old man, being an older man now, I, I want, I'll get back to that weight, mm. but I'm not going to rush it. Yeah, exactly. So it, it took I, you four years to get here. Yeah. It might take you four years to get back. Yeah. Now, probably, it probably won't. Mm. Um, but I, I guess because the, the other thing too is like like you're saying like you know it's a it's a photo from four years ago. You probably had the same habits four years ago, but yeah. you just had four years less damage to your body. Yeah. You know. Um, and look, I I feel very much the same way because back four years ago, I think I I sort of. Um, flip-flop between like 88 and 95 kilos. Mm. That was sort of my average back then. And then obviously I wrecked my knee and that really set me back. But the thing is I wasn't, I obviously wasn't smart because even though my knee was wrecked and the physical activity stopped, I didn't stop eating. Yeah. I didn't stop drinking booze. So again, it, it's just nice to have these these moments um, where you can, I guess, draw a line in the sand and go, all right, this isn't good enough. I'm changing it. I'm back on the path as of today. Which, which brought me into something else too. I sent you a photo yesterday um, of someone else who had made a similar decision. Oh, yes. I was at Aldi and uh, I was uh, walking around the, uh, the specials bins and I came across, there was a, a section and they've got some exercise equipment in them. Uh, there's like ab rollers and there's something else. Those push-up extension bars. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, like the handles, which yeah. I've actually got to because sometimes my wrists go, yeah. go, go to shit. So, um, yeah, so push-up handles and ab rollers. And right at the front of it, like there's a bin that's full of all of these uh, pieces of exercise equipment and there's one box of chocolate cake mix, which someone had just left there because someone made the decision to pull that chocolate cake out of their trolley and pick up possibly an ab roller instead. Good stuff. Good stuff. Bravo. Bravo. Yeah, props person. to you. Now, I also bought an ab roller because they're like seven bucks. Yeah, so you I should bought... ask me because I've got one that oh. I don't use because I use one here. Right. So I bought one and I haven't done an ab roller for years. Oh, yeah. Right? You're gone. I did like two reps last night when I got home and the reps were me on my knees um, rolling out to basically being face on the floor and then rolling back up. And I feel like my body was tearing itself in half. Yeah. I'm so sore today. Like, I did heaps of other exercise yesterday too. Tomorrow will be worse. Probably, yep. <laughs> um, but I'm so sore. So now I'm like, okay, my core is obviously weak as shit. So I now, I have a new um, implement that I'm going to be using in my, in my sessions. And what my long-term goal is with the ab roller is I want to be able to do one rep of from being on my feet to rolling down, all the way down, and then all the way back up again. Well. So that's a, that's a long-term goal for me. Mum got me one for my birthday or Christmas years and years ago. Yeah. And I, I tried it. The, and the first time I tried it, I, I could barely get out of bed. So you know when you're, you're oh, lying on your back and you go, to, you go to sit up. I couldn't sit up. I had to roll out of bed. And it was like that for like three days. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Uh, now, did we talk about... Have we spoken about the fitness challenge? 
We, we've spoken about that there may be one. Um, a lot of the, the people have been asking for it. Um, have you got some more specifics that you'd like to share? I've just got a little update. So basically I spoke to um, Matt and Nick from Nextdoor and they're really keen to put together something. And the... the the uh, What am I trying to say? The Not the profile, the... The set of challenges that I laid out for them, what we're trying to achieve is we've got two scans, mm-hmm. we've got two people, mm-hmm. we want to know how those scans relate in the physical world. Yeah. That was that was the quest. So uh, they were very keen to look at it because it, it's not it's not usually the way that they would um, um, do things, but they they've sort of jumped at the chance. Cool. I've specifically one of the brief part of the brief mm-hmm. that was given was that. I don't want them to train me mm-hmm. for the test. Yeah. So it needs to be something that's fair mm-hmm. because I know, and I said this to them, you will use that as an excuse. I I will I won't be using it as an excuse. I will however be gloating way harder when I still outperform you even though they've trained you in accordance with the the fitness test. So so they're not doing it because even yesterday Nick goes, uh, he goes, I've got the plan ready. And like, oh, you need to tell him what it is. And he's like, no. Nah. Mm-hmm. So, so this is what I want you to do. Uh, just like yesterday when you went to your training session and you sent me through what the session was, mm. every session I want you to send me through what the session yep. is. So then I can refer back to it once we actually go through the challenges. Yes. Yeah. Because if all the activities are the same, I'll be like, you fraud. Well, the one thing I will say is I, I'm pretty sure deadlift will be on there because... It has to be. It's to me. It's the most. It's the most accurate um, display of overall strength yeah. that you can do. Yeah. yeah. But they had some really interesting. Like they're going to use some interesting technology, I believe. It, yeah. Okay. So some of the stuff that they spoke about, and even your comment just then is something that they are aware of. Right. Which I think they're called the game, the game effect or something. Whereas. They want to remove someone's mentality about yeah. working out. So if you're just mentally, if you're just mentally willing to push push yourself further, mm. that's not a direct correlation to your strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've actually got measures around that. So mm. what we what we're going to aim to do? So they've got a plan ready. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to wait till school holidays to do it. Yeah, I think that's going to be the best way to do it. Just because I mean, even today, like I keep looking at my phone because um, Nate's at daycare today. Amanda's at work. I've got the card with the child seat in it. And Nate's uh, favourite teacher is called in sick today. Right. So it's just that old thing of like I might have to rush off if they call me or yeah. something like that. So, but what I think I want to do prior is have Matt on. Yeah, definitely. To talk about it. Uh, but we're going to align it. He's got some He's got some news that he wants to get in line first and then yeah, we can sure. sort of announce it here. So, yeah. so um, yeah, it's exciting. Can we get um, maybe Tasha to come and do the filming? Could she film some stuff while we do it if it's on school holidays? Well, maybe. Or um, I don't know if Matt and Nick are going to be there. Okay. But we'll, but we'll film it. We'll film it. We'll put it up. Yeah. I don't know how entertaining it will be watching two um, overweight guys sweat. <laughs> yeah. It's probably not. Hey, the biggest lose was a massive show. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I we'll have some watch this space. Mm. We'll do it because we. I I've got so much value out of the scans mm. and just stuff that I never would have considered before and yeah. and the more data that you sort of build about yourself the, the better it is and I know I've had a couple of people reach out and saying that they're gonna 
they're going to get scans done too. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I think it's like it is the health and wellness you know revolution that we, we should be on. Like mm. what, what I found interesting about like the fitness industry and how it's evolving is you know a few years ago it was all it was the aesthetics movement. Mm. So it was literally everyone, guys and girls, were just going to the gym to do things to look good aesthetically. That's all it was based yeah. around. And there was a lot of really unhealthy practices that were mm. um, that were being employed. So for us, what we're trying to do is we do want to be healthier as people. So, and what, what does healthier mean? Healthier means, you know, clean up the diet. It means get stronger because, you know, um, if you look at studies into older people, muscle mass is, like having more muscle mass is one of the, um, key factors which decreases all-cause mortality risk. Mm. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of big benefits to it. So I'll give you a practical example. I had a weird job to do yesterday trying to fix a car. Mm-hmm. And the position that I was in is was an awkward position. Yep. And I know, prior to me working out, that I would have had pain mm-hmm. because of it. And I did it. No, I wouldn't say easily, but far easier than yeah. what... Because my brain's going, like, you shouldn't be in this position for that long. Yeah, Usually yeah. you get tired or you get yeah. sore. And and I didn't get that. Yeah. And that's that's a really, really good feeling. I'll give you another one. So um, so when I got my knee surgery done, um, it wasn't just ACL replacement. They had to cut off a lot of my meniscus on both sides. So for, well, for anyone who doesn't know, the meniscus is basically the pads on either side of your joints which stop them from rubbing together. And... Because I had lost the stability in the joint for so long, so it was about 12 months from when I injured it to when I actually ended up getting the surgery, the joint itself was actually grinding back and forward every day when I walked mm. on it, and it was shredding inside the meniscus. So they actually had to cut a lot of that stuff out. Um, so obviously, number one, I'm at risk, very increased risk of um, arthritis in mm. my knee to, to happen sooner, um, which you know was probably always going to happen anyway, being a, a sports person my whole junior life. So obviously you know, that was part of the deal. But um, the other thing is decreased stability. So obviously I was in a situation where um, they've replaced my ACL. To, to replace that ligament, they actually cut out strips out of your hamstring. They wrap them around each other, tie them together, and that becomes the bridge that your new um, ACL grows over the top mm-hmm. of. But obviously that weakened my hamstring too because they're cutting mm-hmm. your muscles out. So in other words, post-surgery, even doing the rehab and stuff like that, one of the major problems with the knee was that it was really unstable because all the muscles had atrophied around the joint itself. Um, you've got less support because the meniscus is gone. You've got a new ACL structure and obviously you've got a really weak hamstring because I've actually had to cut a section of it out. So what I found is even maybe 12 to 18 months after the surgery, I would still be doing things where I might be, say, walking around the house, trip over something and like just do one of those slight misstep trips mm. and then you catch yourself on, on your foot and... I was getting really concerned because oftentimes I would catch myself with my bad leg on just slightly the wrong angle and I could feel it yeah. in, in my knee joint. And I could feel like whether it was a slight twist or something like yeah. that because I just didn't have the support there on the side. Whereas now, I even noticed it the other day, I was so close to completely eating shit the other day when um, I went out to the shops and just there was just a slight increase in gradient um, on the like polished tile yep. floors and my shoe my left shoe caught on it and I've like a and like yeah. almost completely toppled and I've landed on my right leg and it felt strong. Yeah. And I was like, cool. Like I now from 
the years of actually doing um, weights and stuff like that has now got the structural strength around the joint to support it enough so that I'm not going to do myself further damage from just doing something stupid. Question. Mm-hmm. Did you look back at the thing that you tripped on? No, you just keep walking. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. You just keep you walking. You just keep walking. <laughs> um, it's like uh, if you've ever seen like a cat actually fall over and they just like get up like nothing happened and just keep on rolling. So I have this argument with Tasha all the time because she looks back at it. And I'm like, you know you tripped. Yeah. Right. And unless, now you've just let everyone know. That's you right. And unless you intend on, out of the goodness of your heart, going back and removing whatever the obstacle was that yeah. tripped you up, don't look at it. Yeah. Just lift your knees up higher. Yeah, that's right. Just keep future. on. Just keep on rolling. That's your fault. Like, you can't... You're only looking at it because you want to blame that thing. But that thing yeah, that's was there right. before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly right. And it's still there now because you haven't actually gone back and addressed it either. Well, obviously you can't do anything with that little rise in... The, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that's usually the case. Like a little... You know, there's little uh, the cracks in the um, in the concrete, and one's sort of yeah, slightly yeah, raised, and you look back and look, oh, boy, is that like that? Well, it can be like that. You just walk over it. Yeah, problem is people sue the council and stuff over that stuff. They'll trip on it, fall over, and hurt themselves, and you can actually sue over it, which is pretty uh, yeah, pretty not in line with our philosophy on personal responsibility on things. Correct. Mm. Correct. Correct. Yeah. But um, look, very excited for um, for the fitness challenge, and again, like. Obviously, we're brothers, and it'll be a little bit competitive, but what I'm mo- mostly excited about is I feel like I'm back on a pathway again. Mm. So, one of, the, one of the things that I definitely have noticed about myself is I haven't been involved in any real organized sport or training for a long time. Um, so, like, when you rock up at the gym and you've got a training session with Matt, he's got a plan, and yep. he pushes you through the plan. So I haven't had that for a long, long time. And I used to get a lot of that stuff from like back when I used to play, you know, organized sports and you'd have a coach there. And that was great. Um, Because you've actually got a framework that someone just goes, just do this. And you just have to focus on the doing rather than like, I think anyone who has been to a gym before, especially if you've just started out, you know how mentally exhausting it can be sometimes when you just walk in one day without a plan and you just look around at all the equipment and you're like, what am I going to do? Like... You know, you got to try to piece yeah. it together yourself. Um, but now having things like, so I'm not, I'm not more more excited for the the event itself. I'm more excited for the after effects of the event, where I go, okay, that's the baseline. Like the first scans we got, that's the baseline. And then now we'll do another one of these fitness tests in three months. Yeah. You know, and to actually be able to map and chart the improvements sure. that we both have, because um, I do, I do feel like. All of these things that we're doing at the moment have made me make better decisions on a day-to-day basis. And I'm not going, like, stupid. Like, it's not like I've overnight, you know, stopped drinking alcohol or if I've stopped having, you know, some bad foods. But I must... I have more or less, Well, you know? my one is the alcohol. So I'm going on my fourth week where I've capped myself to four drinks a week as yeah. opposed to two a day. Yeah, yeah. And I'm finding it easy. Yeah. Easy. I had one drink yesterday because uh, I got home. It was such a nice day. It's so nice seeing the sun out mm. that when I got home, I'm like, let's just go. We'll go for a drink. And we went to a golf course. They've got a really nice um, bar oh. overlooking the golf course. It was just nice, you know, as the sun's setting down. It's just a beautiful spot. And I had a drink there. Mm-hmm. And I've got some people coming up uh, on the weekend. But I feel like it doesn't stop my personal life Mm -hmm. I went out for dinner on Wednesday night and didn't have any alcohol didn't feel the need for it and I know that before it was just out of habit 
Mm. I didn't. I didn't need it. You, yeah. You know, we've talked about this before. The excuse that you make: "Oh, I deserve it. I deserve a drink because mm. I achieved something, or oh, I did nothing at a bad day. I'll have a drink." Mm. So just getting rid of that, and also, I've I've noticed already, the effects of alcohol are far more. Like they hit you harder mm. when you're when you're not microdosing every day. Yeah, but it's even too. You'll know, like what one thing that I've noticed is um, when I when I when I'm training, uh, if I drink alcohol in the night after I've trained, I don't recover for two mm. three days. Whereas if I don't drink, I recover much faster. And it, again, it's like it's just one of those things where when you start trying to get on a healthy pathway, you start disincentivizing yourself to get off it yeah you know like and, and again it's just because I mean one of the things about like you know having Nate for example like my abs wrecked right absolutely wrecked still got to pick him up still got to mm. do things with him so push you have to have to sort of get through it so then in my head I go okay well I've still I still want to exercise and I've still um, you know got to deal with my kid so something's got to give all right it's probably the booze yeah it's probably you know, and sometimes when I was um, drinking, for example, I you'd always be like, oh, I'll just have one more. I'll just have one more. And then there's not only the effect of more alcohol, more calories, maybe st- um, more bad decisions because you have one more, and are like, oh, I'll just have something to eat now as well. But there's even things like it's keeping me up later at night. Yeah. Because if you're drinking booze on the couch, for example, you don't sleep well. Yeah. So, um, you know. Do you have- heat up in bed? So yeah. if I'm, yeah, if, if I've been drinking alcohol, I yeah. sleep hot. I sleep hot anyway. I get worse if I've been yeah. drinking booze. Or if I've been drinking too much of it. Um, but yeah, I definitely heat up. See, I don't, I, I don't, I haven't given myself like a massive lashing. I've, I've been hung over here sometimes, but I think that's on, I'm talking four or five drinks. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's not a good feeling. Mm. And you don't need it. You don't yeah. need it. So, so... It's not upsetting my lifestyle. Like last week, uh, met, I met a mate for lunch, had a couple of beers at, at lunch, but it f- fits well inside the, the quota. Mm. So it's, it, it's just, for me, it was just an easy thing to reduce yeah. weight and intake of crap. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was, that was good. So it'll be, I'm looking forward to it as well. I'm, I'm, I'm competitive as well, but not as competitive as you. Um, no, so... You are as competitive as, as me, but I would say you're a... F- and this might be because you're the older brother. So I think from a very early age, obviously, you were used to being bigger, faster, stronger. Mm. Whereas I was always used to, I guess, being up against insurmountable odds from, mm. a, from an early age. Um, so I think that has made you a very good front runner. So you're very competitive if you're ahead, but you quit faster if you're not. Okay. That, that's my that's my feeling. Whereas I'm so used to being far behind, and again, like from the scans from like a body fat percentage type thing, I'm far behind at the moment. And oh, you're so far. And you're a front runner. So see, you're very... By a... <laughs> so you're very bold whilst you're in front. We'll see if you keep that same energy if I can manage to overtake you. Yeah. But I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Yeah, I feel good about it too. Like, and at the end of the day, like being competitive if used in the right way, is a very positive thing. Like, if you're, if we're trying to compete to see who can be healthier, that's yeah, it's a pretty a good thing. thing to compete about. You know, obviously, um, if you're competitive about everything, it can be toxic if it's used in the wrong ways. But Well, the, the big note that I want to put on um, 
um, being competitive and the issues with social media is, and I think we've said it before, but I'll say mm. it again, is, is I think it's okay to compete up against one or two or three people, yeah. but it is not cool to try and compare yourself to everything in your circle because mm. you, there's no way you can win. There's no way you can have more money than anyone, mm-hmm. be stronger than everyone, yeah. be smarter than everyone. There's no way you can do all of those things, but you might pick a couple of targets in your... You know that, that that you can work in a constructive way mm. to to uh, get get a leg up. That com- healthy competition yeah. is probably why the term healthy competition is is mm. a term. Uh, that's important, but don't let it kick your own ass because it can do that too. Yeah, absolutely can. And at the end of the day, like the the person that you really want to be competing with is yourself yesterday. Mm. So you want to be stronger than yourself yesterday. You want to be smarter than yourself yesterday. You want to be healthier than yourself yesterday. Like that's really what we all should be competing with, you know? Um, at the end of the day, if, if you really get down to basic human physiology, we're all born with different cards. Like, you know, if you're talking from physical pursuits, sure. for example, um, it's not your fault if you've got different genetics to someone else. It's yeah. just how life is. So what you want to be doing is you want to be making the most of what you've got. Yeah. Um, but also, um, I was talking to, I can't remember if I spoke about this on the podcast last week, but I was talking to my, my wife about this during the week too. And one of the things that I think I've really, really learned in the past 12 months, because I have been very reflective since having a son and leaving my job and all that sort of stuff, is um, I, like many other people, I think I put too much of my happiness in potential future achievements. So... In career-wise, for example, I was always like, you know, I'm a salesperson now. I really want to be a business manager. I'll be happy when I become a business manager. And then I would achieve that. And then it was always like, all right, well, I'm a business manager now. I don't really want to do this anymore. I want to be a sales manager. I'll be happy when I'll be a sales mm-hmm. manager. And you're always putting all of your happiness in a future scenario that yep. may or may not happen. And one of the things that I think... I've really learned over the last 12 months is just to be happier now. right now. Yeah, absolutely. In the present. And again, like, um, I think as a society, we've got massive issues with things like anxiety. Mm. And I'm not surprised because, you know, a, a lot of people, they are comparing themselves to, to other people who have either started at a different position in life, are faking it, mm-hmm. um, you know, they have, they might be 20 years older than you. Mm. So they've been doing the exact same things as you, but they're just 20 years more advanced sure. than you are. Um, but it's not your race. That, that's the biggest thing. It's, it's that's for right. all those reasons you said, it's not, it's not your race. Yeah. And, and I guess what I, what I find is that because I have managed to find the ability to be happy in the now and in doing what I'm doing right now, I feel like I'm actually making more positive choices because of mm. that. Because, again, if, you, if you're placing all your happiness in something that might happen in the future, well, that means that you're not real happy right now. So you might be like, okay, well, I don't feel good about myself now, so I'm going to drink that beer. I'm going to eat that donut. I'm going to, you know, um, post up something on, on social media that people are going to like me for, even though I know it's fake because I put filters on my photo or whatever it is. Um, I really feel like if people can take stock of where they're at and go these are all the things that are going so well for me right now and focus on those things Mm. rather than these are all the things I don't have that I see other people having. Why don't I have those things? How unfair is that? You're just going to be a much happier person. It takes... 
it's hard to put yourself in that mindset when society is built mm. to use that against you. Oh, absolutely. A, your workplace will, will always try to extract more and more and more in the hope that you're going to get that that promotion. Even though that promotion step up, sure, you get paid more, mm. but then they expect more and more and more and more and more. Right. And then you feel the exact same way that you did on your previous role. Mm. And now they say, yeah, but the next step is you get to this, you know, yeah. and, and same with social media. Like, oh, like I've just got myself a new car. I've done so well. I'll take a photo of it. Oh, this person's just got a new one. Oh, it's way better than mine. And yeah. You know, you, you, you're just chasing the dragon. You're never going to catch it. And like we spoke about like fashion last week. Like that's why fashion, I think is a really good example of it. Like the whole fashion industry is designed around making you feel bad about yourself. Mm. So you'll go and buy their products. Like you look at runway models who are size size zero, which is not like I've had friends who have tried to be catwalk models in the past, and one of them who is extremely slender was even considering like getting surgery to shave her hip bones down, yeah, just to be able to do that job because that's what she thought was like the ideal you know body shape. Mm. So so you just look at that in itself. It's like okay, so we choose to hang our clothes on an unachievable body type to make you aspire to that. So you feel like, well, I can't get to that body shape, but maybe if I buy the clothes, I'll, I'll look that good. You know, it's, it's literally the, the sales part of, you know, so much of our world is designed around making you feel bad enough about something to solve that problem that they've now created for you with their product. I think thinking in the workplace, cause I totally agree with you mm. that that joke about looking concerned in front of your computer makes you look busy. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if you're sat behind your computer going like with a big smile on your face, yeah. you're weird. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. you're not supposed to be having Get you. back to work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. you shouldn't be. You shouldn't have a smile on your face. These reports yeah. suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? So so there is a lot of that. And and you do need to be reflective and mm. introspective and and you do, do need to take a moment. I don't know, every now and then I post up, there's a little place on a river that I sit down and take yep. my pull the headphones out and and sort of just try and center myself and mm. and realize that this is where I am now and this is what I'm doing because there's always hard things that come up in life but there's a lot of really good things mm. that was one of the reasons why I wanted to go out last night I, I drove home it's been raining for two weeks yeah and it was the first real sun and it was a color that I hadn't seen on the horizon for so long I'm like mm. well embrace that you know embrace that moment for it's, sure and, and and you know Tasha used a normal excuse oh no I'm too busy well, you're not. Mm. Like, make time. Yeah, Make time. Right. And she was stoked. Like, she was so much more relaxed. And we just sat there and we literally just had a drink mm. um, uh, and, and then left. But, yeah. you know, it was it was nice to sort of there's capture a, that moment. There's a leadership pr- principle around that behaviour too of, like, that I'm too busy to do that thing. Mm. It's not that you're too busy. It's just that it's not your priority. Yeah. So what, like, sometimes we just need to take a step back and look at, okay, what am I prioritising right now? Because I'm guilty of that too. Like, um... I'm probably like one of the worst friends on the planet when it comes to actually prioritizing spending time with friends. Yes. Have been terrible at it for many, many years. Um, I acknowledge that that's an issue. So again, one of the things that um, when I first left my job, for example, because I've always used the time excuse. Mm. So then when I left my job, I was like, okay, I don't have the time excuse. And I can still remember it like, it's like the first couple of weekends afterwards and maybe a, um, an event would come up and it might be a friend's son or daughter's birthday. And it's the sort of thing which in the past I would have been like, eh, like insert excuse here to yep. why I can't go. And then I was like, that, that was like my response straight automatic. away. Automatic response was like, oh no, like I'm probably going to have to mow the lawn. 
like something, you know, whatever the, the yeah. excuse might have been. And then I was like, hold on, like, what are you doing? You know, you, you've actually used the excuse for many years that you didn't have the time. Now you've got the time. Now you're like, you're making a choice. Just, just do it, prioritize it. And again, when I've been getting out and actually enjoying my time with my mates again, I'm so happy when I do it. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things. It just became a learned behavior. It was just automatic, which I just had to change it. And, and can, you imagine, be a friend. can you imagine telling your employer, oh, I'm going to go meet a friend for lunch? It's like, it's so frowned upon, but it mm. should be encouraged. Yeah. It should absolutely be encouraged. Yeah. And that's that connection part that we're probably losing sight of mm. in society. That, that is one thing that, that I think we really, really need to work on is that face-to-face human interaction. Mm. Um, oh, look, some of the digital stuff is good. I, I when I play video games with, with the guys on, on Discord, and that's a nice connection because you kind of have a physical part there, but you're, you're talking yeah. the whole time. But there's nothing better than that face-to-face mm. uh, interaction with each other, and we, we do need we do need more of it. Yeah, and I think that too is why things like podcasting is so um, resonates. Yeah, it resonates with people these days because, like, I I just can't live in a world anymore where you want to talk about a subject on a TV show, and it might be a news show or whatever, and you you might have a subject and you get a three-minute soundbitey presentation that's it it's over and then we're on to the next commercial and it's like it's just so fake it's nothing so... can be said nothing can be explained in three minutes yeah exactly and again then what happens is out of that three minutes someone picks up one line which the person might have fumbled on mm. and then uses that to attack them and it's just like it's just so negative because if you were if you were around in your group of mates this is what would happen you'd, you'd fumble those words and i'd go ha, you're an idiot because you said this and you go oh yeah my bad moving on <laughs> you know so i I saw a good interaction, a bad interaction on Facebook. So there's a friend of mine that I, I really want to sit down with and just tell him to stop engaging in because I can see it bots up because we're friends. Right. And he's, he's trying to reason with people. And you know very well, mm. I think that battleground is is yeah. lost. Leave it. And it's valueless. Mm-hmm. So that's my, my opinion on it. But then I saw a good one. Now, I, I kind of started it. Well, I didn't start Someone had said something that rhymed with an Eminem song. Right. And then I wrote Mum's Spaghetti below it. Yeah. And the guy's response, because it was a very serious thing, he just posted the next line of lyrics. Yeah. Then someone else came in and posted the next line of lyrics. And like that, that to me was a cool, that's, that's you why You guys all came media. together with yeah. a common purpose. Yeah, I don't know these people, yeah. like, but it was, and we all, you know, that was a, that was a happy exchange. Mm-hmm. But then you see some other exchanges where it's, it's just ripping people and, and people aren't even, people are racing to get their point of view across and mm. not even debate, but just poo poo your idea. No, yeah. that's wrong. Yeah, well, like, you know. Yeah, and and that's that's why I think that I was trying to liken that battleground, that social media battleground, to me, mm-hmm. is like trying to fight over a country that has no resource. So it, yeah. it's it's an extremely intensive battle, mm-hmm. and that's where I think most of the battle is is in yeah. media and social media. Mm-hmm. There's an absolute. It's it's. I'm trying to pick a country that without offend, you know, offending someone, but it's like, it's like a world war that's waged. Over uh, no. the the the, the uh, Murroa Atoll, right? French nuclear bomb site. Mm. It's like trying to say so if we really if we look at what we're trying to fight over, mm. we're not going to achieve anything if you win. No, that's right. Like there's no there's no prize at the end of this. 
There's it, just that's, destruction. That's the bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the best way. So yeah. all, all the all the fatalities, and to gain nothing. Yeah. To gain nothing. And what like one thing that I am finding too, because I have I have withdrawn a lot from social media, but I still use it. Like I'm not yeah. I'm not pretending that I don't. And I've really noticed, especially on Facebook, certain groups are actually really positive. So to the point that closed groups. Usually. Yeah, yeah. Certain closed groups. Like I joined one maybe a week ago and it was just um, like, I think it's like Aussie men's financial advice. So I thought I'll join that group just to see if anyone's got any good ideas yep. um, on things that I can improve on um, and things that maybe I hadn't even thought about before, right? So it was just mm. for my own interest. And what I found is there's a lot of switched on young people, 18, 20 years old, asking those entry level questions when they've just first started their financial journey and it's smart that they're asking these questions at such a young age mm. as well. And the responses to these questions, so positive. Yeah, and constructive. So positive, so constructive. There'd be, there's the occasional troll. And there's something I found really interesting too in it. I've gone through some of the responses and I've answered a lot of the questions myself too. Um, and had some pretty like positive responses in, in return for that. But what I've also noticed is that you'll be scrolling through maybe the comments list and the list of responses just to see how other people would handle a certain situation and the troll comments in there, but everyone just ignored it. Yeah, that's the most powerful way to do it. Yeah, so it's like you're not actually giving those trolls what they want, which is the response. Um, And and again, everyone knows that that's how psychology works. Like, you know, I have a child. Nate is naturally going to push the boundaries because he needs to learn where the boundaries are. So he's looking for a response from me and that's what the trolls are doing too. But everyone's just ignore them. So this group has been extremely an extremely positive experience yeah. for me. Which again, like you can probably hear it in my voice, I find it so surprising because I haven't had these positive experiences uh, online in, in such a long time. But it's funny that it's the closed groups in particular because I, I have the same but thing. Some of them are terrible too. You know, a lot of closed groups are just full of scum as well. Oh, do you know the one that, that I find strange is that I follow one called the Far Side, so Far Side Comics, right? Uh, which is an old school... I don't know how long it's been going for, 100 years or something. Mm. These, these comic strips used to be in the newspaper. And some of them, they're, they're reposting old ones and people are looking to be offended yeah. by them. And and what I, find, what I find so funny is the offence on a picture or a representation of that thing. Like, don't be offended by that. Mm. Be offended by the reality of that, and and satire yeah, that's right. raises a lot of these issues for us, so that we hundred percent. So don't get offended at them. Like they're yeah. not they're not mocking it. If if you're only seeing it as a, as a mock or a joke, you're actually not understanding what a comedian's really doing. Yeah, as a right. satirist, the like the the whole point is to, is to to make it seem like to put it out there so people can actually think about it. And see the ridiculousness in it. Yeah, I, um, Jim Jim Jeffries, the comedian, does a really good bit about this. It's on one of his most recent Netflix Netflix specials, where he talks about how, as a comedian, what, especially a comedian of his style, because he's kind of a dirty sort yep. of comedian, what his job is, is to like here's the line, and his job is to go right up close to that line, and he's had people try to cancel him recently. Because of jokes he said 10 years ago. They were not yeah. special from 10 years ago. And he's like, so at the time, I came right up to the line. Mm. Now you guys have moved the line. Yeah. And then you're getting offended at me for something I said back before you moved the line. Yeah. Like, and that's what we were doing as a society. And again, it doesn't mean that moving the line isn't the right thing to do. 
Yeah. Like in often in in so many of these cases, we need to move the line. Yeah. Right. There's there are certain subjects that we just need to move the line on. Mm. But you can't roast a guy. Yeah, you can't retrospect someone. That's right. Yeah. Exactly right. Like there were certain behaviours that were acceptable ten years ago, five years ago, fifty years ago that at the time were acceptable. We've decided they're not. But you can't go back and change the rules. Well, on them. well my view is opposite of the cancelling. I think you need to have that stuff in public discourse so you can see a trend line. Yeah. Because if you don't... So I would want someone to watch old Walt Disney mm-hmm. and feel irked by it and yeah. go, oh, why, why do they do that? And yeah. then you can have a conversation with someone. It'd be like us in two years' time when we're jacked, ripped, lean, and going back and removing all these episodes about back when we were fat. Like, pretending it didn't happen. So then you, you don't, like, I think one of the value things out of this is that people are going to see the transition as it happens. And they're going to go, you know what, I can I can acknowledge that they were in a position where they didn't want to be, and they put the work in over a long period of time, and now they're in a, in a much better position. Well, and I like... see that. I liken it like this. The way... What we're trying to do with culture, mm-hmm. what's, what's some uh, work people are trying to do with culture is erase things that didn't go well or don't look well in the guise of the now, Mm -hmm. which would be like removing old data on how to perform brain surgery. Mm. So frown upon, delete it, get rid of it. The old way that we used to... But if you've got no reference point, how do you know... How do you learn from the mistakes of the past when you've banned the mistakes from even being spoken about? And I'll throw this idea out there. If you successfully, let's say, woke cancel culture cancels everything bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, so tomorrow everything bad is gone. Mm-hmm. How long do you think it'll take for us to, to go back there? Uh, it'll be five minutes. Yeah. Because we'll realise we don't like this. We don't. Well, not just like that. Uh, I mean, like in a generation, for example, mm-hmm. a generation will come up, and because there is no stigma or learnt uh, attitudes from the past, mm. they'll you will regress. Yeah. You'll absolutely regress. You, you do. Because, again, like... The other thing, too... You've you got you to understand with some of this stuff, too. Like, everyone's different. You can't please everyone every time. Mm. Everybody knows that. Mm. Like, we've all got different sensibilities, different senses of, of humour. Um, you, you cannot please everybody. But for some reason, our society at the moment thinks that it's mandatory to please everybody. Yeah. When it's an impossibility. Yeah, yeah. It is absolutely impossible yeah. to do so. Because if you have two opposing sides on a subject, it is impossible to please both of them yeah. every time. But our society is starting to demand that. So, it, look, I, again, I think we are going through a bit of a phase. This, in stock market terms, could be looked at as a correction. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to get, we're not going to be perfect in, like, tomorrow. Mm. But it, it's, it's, we've, you probably used this analogy before about many different things. It's that swinging pendulum. Yep. Right? And what happens is the pendulum has swung one way where we're trying to clean up society. Cool. That's a good thing. The problem is it'll swing too far and it'll get to a point where everyone starts going, all right, now we're just taking the piss. Now yeah. it's going too far. Now you're, you know, trying to lock people up for a thought crime. Yeah. Okay. It's got to swing back the other way again. And and it will. And, you know, you like, there'll be things... It's usually the artists, which was what will guide us through this stuff. It'll yep. be music. It'll be comedians. It'll be movies. Movies. Um, you know, podcasts. Yeah. It'll it'll be, and I think podcasts are probably really important because they're real conversations on on these subjects. And a lot quicker. 
like it comes out like it's 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 in the it's in the now more than any other medium. Yeah, exactly right. And and again, like um, you know, we might talk about some things on this podcast that ten years from now people might think that we're we're disgusting. I hope so. I hope so too. Yeah. Um, and I hope that we look back and go, oh fuck, that was some poor taste, wasn't it? Yeah. Because then that shows that we have um, like progressed and progressed as people. For sure. That's what we should all want to be doing. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, you. You're born onto this planet, you know nothing. And I, I, I've learned this so much over the last 12 months. Um, Joe Rogan says something all the time where ever since, like he, he would have like an argument with someone as an adult and then as soon as he had kids, now he looks at every single adult and goes, you're just a baby once upon a time. Yeah. You, you acting like this probably isn't even your fault. Yeah. Like you had something external that, that taught you that behave this way. And... I remember having a conversation with Amanda back when, like, you know, when Nate was real fresh. And I'm like, he doesn't even know how to swallow. Like, you have to teach a baby how to swallow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, you know, these are the things that we just take for granted every single day. But yeah. when, we, when we first started trying to, like, teach Nate to eat mushy food, he didn't know how to swallow. He would put the food in his mouth, he'd mash around a little bit, and it would all just dribble out the front. Because yeah. he didn't know how to do it. And don't so, expect anyone to be on your level. Well, yeah, so, like, that kid who's zero years old doesn't even know how to swallow. Well, imagine what he's going to learn when he's one. Imagine what he's going to know when he's five. Imagine what he's going to know when he's 20. Imagine what you're going to know when you're 50. And I think one of the things that we are, you know, we're, we're skirting the lines with now is it's like when someone makes a mistake, we want to go, cha-ching, and take a snapshot of that yeah. person at that point in their life, and that becomes you forever. And you can't progress past that because that's a mistake that you made. Yeah. It's so wrong. I think the lesson in it, forgive someone, connect with your friends, look after your body, look after your mind, and take a moment. Yeah. I think that's 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 the takeaway from this one. For sure. And just be better than you were yesterday. Yeah. All right. That's it. Thanks very much, everyone. We'll see you next RDA.